Welcome to the Cybersecurity Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Christy, and welcome to episode 37. And in this topic, I'll be talking about cybersecurity for small business. Now, cybersecurity um, is quite a critical part of really not just small businesses, but any businesses. You need to have cybersecurity uh, as part of the business usual processes. And the reason why it is it's quite crucial to protect sensitive information. And the fact that you are protecting this information will give your stakeholders, including your customers, trust, enable them to trust you. And this will also support business continuity. What can you do now? What are the practical steps you can either uh, implement from ground zero or enhance to ensure that your business is cyber secure? Now, one of these you may be familiar with, which I think you are, most businesses obviously conduct risk assessments. And, and the purpose of the risk assessment is to help the business identify your assets. So what is important to the business, what assets are critical to the business, including your employees? You need to understand what those potential threats are and what are the weaknesses and why do you need to know this so you can actually prioritize your security or your critical security of these assets? Now, once you've identified assets, then you need to make a list of what these assets are. So you're going to have your physical assets and your digital assets listed. And these include your servers, your data, your equipment your information assets, your customer information, your intellectual property, your computers, laptop, mobile phones, tablets, etc. So you need to document this, not just document, and assign ownership. You need to know where the location of these assets are and understand what the current version of the assets are. So there's a lot of work goes into this if you have actually done this already. Secondly, then you need to identify uh, understand what the threat landscape is. So on threat identification, identify what are the vulnerabilities and threats that could impact your assets. So these threats can come from various sources. It could be, depends on where you are. It could be natural disasters such as flooding, earthquakes, etc. It could be cyber criminals. It could be malicious insiders. So you need to know where those threats will be coming from. And again, one thing I won't, I won't, I won't forget to say is it could be malware phishing as well. So once that's documented, then you have to conduct a vulnerability assessment of your environment and find out where the weaknesses are. And where do you think that will be attractive uh, to the cyber criminals? Understand what these weaknesses are so that you can protect them. So some companies may have legacy systems or they may have outdated software. They may they obviously implement passwords, but these passwords were weak, um, on patched systems or systems that lack encryption altogether. Thirdly, so you have to conduct a risk analysis, assess what's the likelihood and the potential impact of these threats 
exploiting that vulnerability that's been identified. And why, again, what's the purpose of doing this is to help the organization prioritize which risks are critical. You might have a long list or some list, but you cannot, you need to know, okay, then if this is, if this is not addressed, it can impact the business severely. Okay, so what you can put in place is to have some sort of risk matrix or a formula to quantify what these risks are. So you have to decalculate these risks based obviously on severity. And once that's been documented, then you have to obviously uh, mitigate the risk by developing a plan to mitigate those risks that has been identified. And um, implementing or mitigating this risk could be um, examining your current security policies to make sure they're fit for purpose, uh, creating new ones, are supporting um, documentations, look at your procedures and existing um, um, security measures, and you want to ensure that these plan addresses and focus on the critical risks first. So now you're going to look at your cybersecurity controls and implement your cybersecurity controls that are relevant to those risks that you've identified. Examine your firewalls, you must have a firewall, your intrusion detection systems, your access controls, you want to know what controls to prevent, uh, when you know what, who's accessing what. Your employee training, train your employees. Um, encryption, look at the encryption that you have, if you have any at all. Um, and then if not, implement strong encryption. Now, this system, these steps I'm, I'm, I'm talking about here is something that you continue to review. So you, there must be some kind of regular review. How often would you re review it? A monthly, quarterly, depending on your risk and the environment, and also the country that you're residing um, and your compliance. So because new threats and vulnerability constantly emerge and it's a new threat, a zero day uh, vulnerability can greatly affect your business. So you need to cons uh, regularly reassess and adjust your security measures if required, if needed. Everything that we do, we must put it on paper. So you must document the, the process either as a paper or digitally. So you've done your risk assessment. You must document that. You, your identified assets, you must document. You need to know your, what your assets are. So if you've been audited in future or uh, people, your manager, security manager changes roles, people change roles, we need something to refer to. So I mentioned already that your assets must be identified and documented. You document the threats, the vulnerabilities, the risk and what mitigation uh, measures are in place. Of course, sometimes you may not have this expertise in-house. Then you may need to what um, hire consultants or third party if you do not have the in-house expertise in order to carry out a risk assessment, for example. Now, let's see. So you have let's let's walk through this again. You've done your risk assessment. You've identified your assets. You have identified what the threats are. You've conducted a vulnerability assessment. You've done a risk analysis. You understand what your cybersecurity controls are. You have reviewed and now you've documented. Okay, so what if you haven't got a policy? 
So let's say I mentioned about policy. A policy, security policy is a type of control. Then you may need to create a policy. So you need to develop these policies. You may get again get the consultant or send your staff on training. It uh, depends on the severity where you need, or you can download um, templates to help you to create these new policies. And what is the importance of a policy? And I mentioned again, this is a control. It helps you to develop and document your information security policy. And this policy will state what the rules are and the procedures for your organization. It helps tell inform your employees and other interested parties that what they're allowed to do or what they're not allowed to do. Then uh, you have to classify your data. So it depends on if you're in the government or your organization, you could classify the data, let's say you're in, into what? Public, secret, top secret, if you wish, internal. So it depends on the class, you, well, on what you choose to classify your data, but your data must be classified. And with the importance of having a data classification, it helps us to, uh, um, to identify which controls we must put in place. So let's say something was top secret, then obviously we, we know we must ensure that we have strong access controls and we must use encryption, of course, and also allows who can, who's allowed to, to see or read that data or interact with that data in any form if necessary. So it helps us to implement stricter controls for sensitive information. So things like financial records, your customer information, you don't want anybody reading that. So those, are especially things like HR records, personal identifying information, it must be collected as due process for onboarding. However, there must be controls in place that uh, no one can read that data. If it does get exposed, there might be obviously consequences, especially financial consequences. What else can you do? Access control. I mentioned access control. And the purpose of this is to limit access to that to a particular data or data set. And also limit access or allow access to systems based on a need-to-know basis. But you need to know what for your for your job. So you apply the principle of least privilege. What can you do as a small business? You must ensure that you ensure passwords are unique, they're not shared. Uh, MFA is implemented and obviously these access control measures must be reviewed on a regular basis. You want to know who has access to your uh, infrastructure. So let's say employee leaves, then you must obviously have a process and procedure in place to disable access to systems in a timely manner. You don't want them to leave and two years later they have access. You know, we don't know what they could do. Very, very critical, something that we must do in order to invest in our employees is to train them. So we must train employees on cybersecurity best practice. We can't expect people to know what to do automatically. Oh, you know what to do and just get on with it. No, we must educate people. So this is what you should do within this organization and this is how we operate. Uh, things you can do is send them on um, training so that they can recognize phishing emails, so they can understand the concept of using secure passwords and why they need to use secure passwords, and obviously encourage employees to uh, report security incidents. They're not penalized, but we want to have, we want to best have like an, a good conversation and transparency so that they can come to you if they feel that something is not right somewhere. What else can you do? You can secure your devices. So you, you are, um, as a company, if you do not implement, bring your own device. If you give or issue employees devices, such as companies, smartphones and tablets, 
want to ensure that these are kept up to date so they must have the latest software and security patches to ensure that um, antivirus is um, software antivirus software firewalls are implemented on these devices and they should be monitored ideally if you have obviously a huge a set of assets and depends on your infrastructure you can manage this by using group policy your network security network security if you you have to manage these, uh, your network. You will obviously implement firewalls, IDS. Um, again, I mentioned encryption. And again, reviewing why the threat landscape it changes on a regular basis. Furthermore, what can you've done all this work, then you want to make sure that you have a backup. You must back up your data. So it depends. So you obviously want to, depends on where you're backing up to, you can obviously back on on-site, but definitely off-site. Choose obviously the different types of backups, but it must be done regularly uh, based on the criticality of the data. So you must obviously store them off-site, as I mentioned earlier on. And then when, when you're still off-site, you want to test them just in case something happens, you want to be able to retrieve the data, not just retrieve the data. How quick can we get access? If you don't want to retrieve something that's going to take you a week, I mean, you need that information right away. If not, customer, uh, customers and employees will be putting their terms, and obviously you're going to get complaints from these as well emails so uh, definitely a company will have emails so you need to ensure that your email secure to so have some kind of email security ideally you must implement uh, some sort of email filtering to reduce phishing attacks you don't want if, if there's no filtering then in, anything and anywhere uh, emails can come in and unfortunately human nature employee might accidentally click and then it may compromise your system of course you have to train our employees to be cautious of uh, email attachments but it's good to have these protective measures in place to reduce accidental clicking. If then, what about Wi-Fi? Obviously, you have you may have a wide network in your organization, but occasionally you may have um, you may also have a, a Wi-Fi. But this Wi-Fi wi network must be secure by using strong encryption. So WPA3 definitely rec recommended, and obviously um, the default credentials must be changed. I use this word must. Is, is necessary. Other things, what about your incident management? Let's say something happens, may not, but what if it does happen? Do you have a plan in place? So you should implement an incident response plan. Okay, and an incident response team, if something happens, who do you call? You can't call Ghostbusters here. Um, well, you need to have that team on standby and have these procedures. You know, to call them. Um, now, this could be in-house or this can be bought. You can have MSPs who are specialised in this. Um, so, this, uh, there is an incident, you can call them and they can support you uh, either remotely or send a tech uh, um, engineer to come on site. Or also forensics may be involved as well, depending on the incident. So, you must ensure that you have an incident response plan so that okay, the team can respond to incidents and again with this team everybody must know what to do so the, the roles must be defined uh, per person per role and then obviously pr practice these drills to make sure that they actually work it's not put on paper and think on the day of uh day of judgment nobody knows what to do so there must be practice uh, regular practices here um now organizations and businesses uh, work with third parties so and different vendors so you need to ensure that you you have vendor security so obviously when you you have to do a, some kind of assessment a risk assessment i would say of uh, your third party vendors 
and your service providers who you work with regularly. So obviously you want to make sure that they follow your security practices as well. It's not okay for you to have them, but you need to, to let them know this is how we do things here. And obviously they must agree to that. For example, if you implement encryption, they must obviously respect that and also have those sort of uh, practices in place in order for them to work with you. Now, physical security. Where are you residing? Where is your offices? Do you have one office or multiple offices? Okay, because uh, you may have secured your network, etc. But what if your physical security is poor? So you've, you've uh, secured internally, but you left the gate open, you left the front door open. So you have to ensure that your offices uh, and your business locations are secure with strong access control. So we're talking about physical, talking about um, sometimes, depending on what you're trying to protect. It might involve what? Uh, fences. It might involve bollards, a gatehouse with a security in there, uh, CCTV, etc. Access control, keypad, cipher locks. Um, various surveillance depends, and or sometimes you might have uh, dog handlers patrolling, depending on what, what is it you have in there. But what I'm trying to say here is that your physical assets must be protected. Um, you want to make sure that obviously the physical and then your servers or your data centers are protected, your storage devices, uh, so that um, they are not deliberately um, destroyed physically. What else could you do? Compliance. So let's see. Um, you need to understand, obviously, it depends on the country you, you reside in, you need to understand that the laws that apply to your organisations and you must comply with them. So, obviously, compliance, if you choose, let's say, PCI, that's if you're obviously uh, processing credit cards, um, obviously, that's obviously that's mandatory. But things like ISO 27001, it's a choice. You choose to, uh, obviously... Um, 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 certified to that standard. But things with laws, obviously laws are mandatory to all organisations. Obviously you just need to understand um, the industry standards that apply to your business, such as GDPR, for example. Cyber insurance is a good thing to have. You know, it's good. What What's the purpose of having cyber insurance? As any form of insurance, if something happens. And what it helps you to do is to uh, uh, help you to share the burden um, and help mitigate any financial risk because uh, data breaches and cyber incidents may happen, but you don't have that extra cushion. It can totally close, the business could actually close down. Now, I hope that you've uh, really enjoyed this episode and I have provided you with vital insights and uh, practical knowledge uh, you can apply to your business. And also, if you have it, I want you to really take action in this. I encourage you to, uh, today after listening to go back into organization and kind of review what you have in place and see if you actually have these controls in place to enable you to have a secure business. I want to really thank you, um, express my gratitude for your continued support in listening to Cybersecurity Happy Hour podcast. I truly, truly appreciate all the listeners and I appreciate your feedback. If there's anything that you want me to talk about, please send me an email. You can. We are on Apple Podcasts, any podcast you can find us, I have to say, um, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and also on our website. If you go to www.intexit.co.uk and slash podcasts, you find us there as well. You can join our mailing list if you choose to do so. You can subscribe to our podcast. And please, if there's any topic that you want me to talk about, please just send an email and contact me. And I look forward to talking again. 
Uh, until next time, keep learning, growing, and taking action. Thank you for listening. Catch on the next episode.